Hi, this is Nick Forster. We're going to share one of our favorite E-Town shows from the archives, and it starts right now. Live from E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guest from Denver, Colorado, Kyle Emerson, our Achievement Award winner, Sister Edna, and also from Denver, Concord recording artist, Devachka. I'm Helen Forster. Join me now in welcoming our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town Hall. We are all here, and we're here for a good reason, not just to get together and hang out, even though there's plenty of good things to do. I mean, I think hanging out is important. But we're here because we all know what the power of music can do, how a great song, a great performance can take us somewhere and transport us, transform us, lift us up. And when it does, uh, it's a magical thing, and we all know it when it happens. So what are the ingredients that make that magical experience happen? What comes together? So it's usually inspiration when the songwriting happens. Totally tapping into something that is almost uh, divine, comes from someplace deep. Good luck, timing, um, obviously talent to arrange a song and let it breathe and build. And then there's the passion, the passion that comes from uh, getting into the moment and singing the song with feeling. So you all know what I'm talking about. And you know why I'm talking about it, too, because our first guests this week do all of those things, and they do them really well. From the songwriting to the arranging, the recording, the performance, um, the openness, you know, there's a kind of humanity in what they do. Uh, they've done it for years. And whether they're playing in clubs or in stadiums or festivals or bars, this band, Devachka, connects with their audience and takes them somewhere on that journey They've done it live, they've done it in movie soundtracks, they've done it for burlesque shows, they've done it in every kind of stage. And um, this week they're here. And they're here uh, at E-Town Hall for us. And they're gonna bring some of that passion. So please welcome back to the E-Town stage for, I think this is their fifth time. Please welcome back, Devachka. <laughs>
one is our breakup song. It's called The Breakup Song. <laughs> um, all right, and here we go. Oh, when she wakes up, I'm gonna break up with that girl of mine. She's been spending all
promises that she don't ever keep. Vodka, Nicaragua, welcome back to E-Town. Um, you know, years ago we talked about your growing up outside of New York City and how in your family they just really appreciated uh, good singing and that music was a big part of their scene. I just imagine, because I can't sing like you, if I were able to, I would do that a lot. That would be like the place where I would go, where I would be the happiest and I'd be the freest. And is that the way it is for you? Do you just like, is singing the thing that kind of makes you feel the best? 
It does. It does make me feel pretty good. And I got to say, you know, I was not always a good singer. So it's been especially nice in my later years to be able to enjoy this yeah. for once. Well, because you know, no one likes the sound of their own voice, you know? Right. And the first time you're in the studio is terrifying, right? It's, like, it's, yeah, it's hard. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the thing is, and I was talking about it before, it's about the passion. And if you feel the music that you're playing and singing, then uh, that counts for so much more than any technique. Yeah. I want to ask you about the band because it's been. 20 years, I think, now with these guys, right? A couple decades. Yeah. Yeah. So um, n also knowing what it's like to, to be in a band for decades, yeah. that's not easy. Bands are not necessarily designed <laughs> to do that, like, decade-long no, thing. No, it's really... Uh, we were thinking we were going to be done in two or three years. Yeah. We'd be on our way. But, yeah. Uh, What's your secret? Well, um, you know, I'm not saying we haven't had our problems, but uh, I think it was really uh, a sense of of purpose and music that kept us together, that drew us together to begin with. So all of that, when you join together with people and make music, you know, you become like a family. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you, you can fight with your family members, not talk with your family members every now and then, but, you know, you still show up and, yeah. and do your thing when you have to. It's a pretty cool trajectory too. Can you, yeah. can you think about a show, like if you look back and you think, there's got to be a show somewhere where you just think, oh, my God, how did we get here? We're in some crazy, you know, South American soccer stadium or something like that. Is there, <laughs> are there some shows where you're just thinking, my God, how did this even happen? Well, yeah, our whole career has been like that pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I mean, we're kind of a, a glorified wedding band. Um, <laughs> it's it kind of how we... Because and, your songs are all about love, or what's the deal? Let me help me understand that. <laughs> You're a glorified well, wedding band. I've never seen a wedding band that has, for example, theremin, accordion, and tuba. That's uh, <laughs> is not your standard wedding band yeah. lineup. Um, you know, we wanted to tap into something that wasn't ex necessarily hip at the time. Right. You know, so it took a while to sort of to catch on as, yeah. as, as actual music, you know. Serious. <laughs> To, for people to, you know, to yeah. think that it was actually something to listen to. No, it was always cool. I know you may not have known it, you may not have thought it, but the reality is you guys were always cool. It was always a, it was a unique sound and it was, a, it was clearly, there was a lot of intention behind what you were doing. Thoughts about instrumentation and arrangement and uh, material. So in case you just tuned in, you're listening to E-Town. Uh, we're here with Devachka's Nick Arata. Let me shift gears a little bit and talk about the new record. I was just imagining there's a lot of nostalgia and kind of looking back in the songwriting. And do you do you have these memories sort of stashed away in your in your mind that you tap into when you're writing a song or thinking about writing a song? Yeah, I think that's the uh, you know we carry around these sort of file cabinets of what's happened in our lives and and music brings that stuff out. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah. You know, and you don't necessarily remember these things happening, but then all of a sudden they come back to you vividly. And yeah. uh, I found that happening a lot this time around. Yeah. Well, listen, it's great because I think we, we think about the musicians that we see, the artists that we see, whether it's on film or on stage or wherever, and we imagine that it just happens. We imagine that they've just sort of arrived fully formed and they're performing for us. And that um, it's so fun for the artists because it looks so natural and nice and they get paid to do what they love. But I think we often forget that um, it, there is that 
deep uh, discipline and hopefulness and despair and all that stuff that goes into anybody's creative life. And um, you guys are navigating that stuff well, both as a band and as, a, as you know, working on films. It's not easy to do. So um, you got another uh, 20 years of Devochka in your future, or what's going on? Yeah, we're just getting started. You're just getting started. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to it. Welcome back, if you would, Devochka.
Dvachka, Nicarada, vocals and guitar, Theremin, the amazing Tom Hagerman on keyboards and accordion and violin, the amazing Gene Schroeder on sousaphone and bass, and the amazing Sean King on drums and percussion. Great band. Dvachka, the new record is called This Night Falls Forever on Concord Records. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. You're listening to E-Town. So uh, Dvachka is going to be back. They're going to play some more music in uh, a little while, a little later on in the show. And a singer-songwriter also from Denver, Kyle Emerson, is here. And uh, he's going to be up in just a little while. But before we do that, we're going to tell you about um, what's coming next. Every week, we get a chance to introduce you to somebody that we got to know with the help of one of our listeners. And, um, you know, this is sort of grassroots storytelling. It's always just somebody doing something in their community that is so inspiring and so positive that either their friend or their neighbor or someone they know, um, or even someone they don't know, decided to send their story to us so we could share it with you guys. So it's, again, this totally, um, totally organic process, and we get the benefit of hearing all these amazing stories, and uh, we, this week is certainly no exception. We recognize them with the Achievement Award, and here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. Listener Ellen McBride of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, hears E-Town on WUWM, and she's nominating Sister Edna Lonergan, also of Milwaukee, for the Achievement Award this week. With her work as a member of the Sisters of St. Francis of Assisi, and with two degrees revolving around care for the disabled and elderly, Edna became inspired to create daycare for older adults in the Milwaukee area so they could avoid having to go to nursing homes. At that time, Milwaukee had the second highest use of nursing homes in the country. Well, when some of the workers there who were young mothers had to miss work when their kids were out of school, Edna simply told them to bring the children with them. Well, she noticed how the elders lit up when the kids were there, and she realized that this connection was important for both the young and the old. So she opened a new facility focused on intergenerational care, connecting seniors and kids in a most profound and positive way. And Sister Edna is actually here with us to tell us how the program works. So please help me welcome from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Sister Edna. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've come a long way to be with us. Thank you for coming all the way to, to be here in E-Town. Well, you know, Nick, it is a very big pleasure for me to be here because they don't play this kind of music in the convent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting out and having a little fun, kicking up your heels. I see how it is. Um, you know, you uh, had, 
you have degrees in, in elder care and you've studied this. Um, maybe t to start by telling us a little bit about for most um, older people who enter nursing homes, how are they doing? How are the nursing homes doing in general? You know, I'm not against nursing homes. We need them. But I think there needs to be alternatives. I don't feel they should be there prematurely. Yeah. And sometimes they really don't have to be there at all. Yeah. And that it's was... just that we don't have alternatives for them. Right. And so that's what you saw as an opportunity to provide a, a different kind of environment where there could be some care, some regular attention, some meals. Yes. So you've got the elder care, and you're doing an alternative to nursing homes, yes. and you're combining the actual daycare for people who need daycare because yes. there were, as, you, as Helen said, there were parents who couldn't leave their kids home and had to bring them. And so this is the beginning of that, and so you've combined the young people and the old people. Oh, yes. You know, older adults need a reason to give. No matter how old they are, everybody has a need to have a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. We were going to need to expand, and it was going to be an intergenerational facility, yeah. for which I knew nothing about. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's so interesting that it was really just born from the need of you, you know, wanting to keep your staff and not having uh, some of these women stay home because their kids couldn't go to school or daycare. And then um, you got the idea to combine these two more vigorously. Did that mean you had to find another facility? That meant I had to design one because I looked around the country. I actually traveled a lot to take a look at intergenerational facilities, mm. but there weren't any, mm. none that I had imagined. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to the staff and I said, we're going to have to design it. And it took us two years meeting every week to design it. Yeah. And you have to take a look at what is it that children need. Children need opportunities to learn trust. And when they're around people with a variety of disabilities, a variety of equipment like power wheelchairs and whatnot, they become very used to that and very much at home. And mm. they learn and they develop trust. Yeah. And older adults, they need an opportunity to give back. And, you know, I remember Sandy. She was a wonderful nurse and she had to have both legs amputated. And because of that, she had very, very limited use of her body. She just felt her life had no purpose anymore. And uh, one day, Eddie came. He jumped up on her lap and fell asleep in her lap. And she said, I now have purpose in life wow. again. Yeah, that's so. so cool. I mean, it's so logical to, to put the two together. And Isn't it? Yeah. Why are we not doing it? Well, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. you're doing it. And so, um, so let's talk a little bit about scale. So you had to design this facility, and the facility is in Milwaukee? or There's two of them now. There's two of them. Yes. And, and so you, these kids are all ages. They start as, as infants sometimes. They do. We take them as young as three weeks old because we do take children with disabilities. We had an infant that was born a pound and a half, what? and the parent had to go to work. Yeah. She had to have some way to sustain the life of this child and her family. So we took on the child, and mm -hmm. we had special teachers work with that child mm -hmm. every single day. And um, that child flourished, just Wild. flourished. Wow. Yeah. And there must be studies that document the effect of this intergenerational exchange of old, mm -hmm. older people hanging out with young, yes. with young kids. Yes, yes. It it's, sounds like there must be documentation that's really positive. Mm -hmm. 
You have two facilities. So clearly your, your um, wacky idea caught on. My wacky idea. Yeah. How many, <laughs> it's how many still people, wacky. <laughs> how many people are involved in this project now? Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands? Since 1983. You've been tens doing this since of thousands. tens of thousands. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Nick, if this country would catch on and we'd have intergenerational facilities, they catch on. I just did a workshop in Taiwan. I mean, I've done them in Japan and China, and we don't catch on here. We don't have the extended family concept. We've got to bring it back. Yeah. We've got to stop isolating our ages and put them together, we can enrich one another. Yeah, and I'm sure it's done in such a way that obviously there's licensed practitioners and nurses and people on hand, but I suspect it's cost-effective too, you know, when compared with full-time nursing homes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's why Taiwan government loved it, is because you have the same administrative staff. Instead of having one adult daycare, one childcare, and the state is paying for both of them, actually, if they're, you know, low income. Yeah. And this way, you have the same administration, so it's a huge savings. Yeah. And I don't care what their religion is or yeah. what their race is. In fact, when we built our second facility, the Sisters of St. Francis have to go where the underserved needs are. So when we built our second facility, we built it in the poorest zip code in the state. Wild. And we provide a very comprehensive approach to care so that they don't have to leave work and go and take them to the dentist, leave work and take them to the doctor, mm-hmm. and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So. That's wild, and it's so logical. And so we hope that it does catch on. It sounds like every city could use this. I think so. Yeah. Yes. How many volunteers and staff do you have now working in these two facilities? In the one facility, we have over 600 volunteers. Because when you think of it, we feed, spoon feed about 30 people every day, and we do um, assistance with many others. So it requires a lot of volunteers to do what we do. Amazing. So this is clearly something that we hope our listeners are inspired by. And and if they have questions and they want to learn about how they might be able to start something like this, can they reach out to you? Do you have a website or something like that? Yes. It's stannecenter.org. St. Anne Center with no E after Anne. stannecenter.org. Sister Edna, you must be so proud because you, I mean, uh, are you allowed to feel pride? Of course you can. We've only just begun. We've only just begun. All right. Congratulations. Winner of this week's Achievement Award, Sister Edna, created the St. Anne Center, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, intergenerational care for people in need. Amazing story. Congratulations, Sister Edna. Well, many thanks to listener... Ellen McBride for this story. If you just tuned in and you missed part of this interview, you can find it on our website, etown.org. Or if you want to nominate someone doing great work to better the world in some way, you can do that on our website as well. You'll find a brief survey there to take, too, if you want to, to let us know what you think of the show. And as you know, you can always contact us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Sister Edna. As I mentioned, Devachuk is going to be back in a little while to play some more music. And right now, I want to tell you about our next guest. Kyle Emerson grew up in Michigan. 
just south of Detroit in a family that was, I think, religious in a non-denominational kind of way. He started playing songs and writing songs early on, eventually found his way to Denver, where he now lives. We're super excited about having him here. He's a really talented singer and songwriter. So please help me welcome for his first visit to E-Town, Kyle Emerson. Welcome, Kyle Emerson. I mentioned earlier that you grew up south of Detroit and that you're, were your parents involved in like a um, community, like a religious community when you were a kid? Yeah. Um, I grew up in like a very conservative Christian, uh, kind of like the Jesus movement. They were a part of that in the 70s. And yeah, I just kind of grew up like near like Toledo, Ohio. Oh, okay. Like just on the border of Michigan and Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Was it so conservative that there wasn't a lot of music? Was there a lot of singing and... 
in your life as a kid? So my dad was a worship leader. So there was music. Yeah. But it was kind of like you can't read Harry Potter and listen to Led Zeppelin. That yeah. was kind of what it was like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you found a way to do both those things, I suspect. I was the youngest. So my sisters kind of put them through hell. And then they were pretty okay by the time I got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... So was it Led Zeppelin, or was there a song or an artist or a, a sound you heard that made you think, huh, there's another way out there that I'm interested in? Any- um, there was still music that was acceptable, like Simon and Garfunkel, like early Beatles and stuff like that. And that set my sister Anna up for listening to The Doors. And she loved Jim Morrison. And so I was able to kind of like find a lot of guitar music from there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a guitar when you were that age? My dad always had guitars lying around, and he actually played an like, old 70s Ovation 12-string. So I had like, a really tough time learning, because c- I was like, what are all these strings? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I actually kind of started that. And like, my grandma was also pretty conservative, but she was so excited that I was into music that she said if I learned all of Led Zeppelin I on my dad's acoustic guitar, she would buy me my first electric guitar. <laughs> Those were so hard on an acoustic. That is a a very cool grandmother, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting... I mean, I would call that mixed messages, actually. Yeah. I have a lot to work through as an adult. (laughs) Wow. Did did your parents, were they hip to your grandmother's uh, incentive to really dive deep into Led Zeppelin? (laughs) By that age, she did not care what anyone thought. So, yeah. That's cool. And... um, did you make a break for it, or did you just sort of grow and leave? Did you have to, like, say, okay, now I'm going to be this rebellious teenager who's going to just sort of thumb his nose at the whole thing, or did you just sort of slip out one day? I kind of slipped out. Um, so I moved out to Colorado when I was 19 and really haven't looked back. Oh, wild. Yeah. How old are you now? I just turned 26 on Tuesday. 26, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and you've got a, you've got a manager... Oh, you've got a band, you've, got, uh, you've been recording, you've been touring. Um, and is this all st- just part of your plan, or are you surprised by any of that? Yeah, I'm really thankful. Um, it is kind of bizarre, like, if, if you were to tell me when I moved out here that... Like, the first show I went to in Colorado was Tallest Man on Earth here. And, at, like, it's super surreal to be up here now. At an E-Town show? Yeah. Oh, wild. Mm-hmm. Wild. Well, here yeah. you are. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, as um, we're about to play some more music together, and I just have to say that diving in and learning your songs, there's a lot of sophistication, there's a lot of attention to detail. You're really thoughtful as a songwriter, which is another way of saying they're pretty damn complex. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) But it's super fun to play. So we're going to get to it. Sweet. Shall we do it? Yeah. Okay. Welcome back, Kyle Emerson. Um, I'd really like to thank Nick and Helen for, uh, for having me and everyone at E-Town. It's been really surreal. Moving too fast, overshot the horizon 
single is called May You Find Peace from the upcoming record. That's Kyle Emerson along with Jess Parsons and E-Tones. Jess Parsons is playing keyboards, singing. Christian Teal, Ron Jolly, Chris Engelman, and Helen Forster. 
Kyle Emerson. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. If you've tuned in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town podcast will have this episode and others, along with content from past shows as well. It's available for free in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KFJM in Grand Forks, North Dakota, on KOPN in Columbia, Missouri, and on WXRV in Boston, Massachusetts. As always, if you'd like more information about any of our guests this week, or if you want to see any of the photos, or especially the videos from this show, all that and much more can be found online at etown.org. So um, we have gotten to know uh, everybody a little bit so far, uh, including Sister Edna from Wisconsin, who's amazing, and Kyle Emerson, hung out with Devotchka. <laughs> Tales of discovery and uh, hard work and, and passion, plenty of passion. And uh, so right now, would you please help me welcome back to the stage, Devotchka. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks, E-Town, for letting us come back. Uh, we're going to play uh, another new one. It's called Straight Shot. Dreams gonna die And 
Sean King on the drums, Jeannie Schroeder on the sousaphone and the bass, Todd Hagerman on keys and accordion and violin, Nick Arata on vocals, guitar and theremin. The record is called This Night Falls Forever. We've got time for one more song. Want to get everybody out on stage and try this? this up this afternoon. I want to thank all our guests. Um, special thanks to Kyle Emerson, along with Jess Parsons, coming up from Denver and singing. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Jess. Thanks to... Uh, thanks to our Achievement Award winner, Sister Edna, creating community while serving elders and kids and families and more in her hometown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Such an amazing story. Thanks to Devochka. Thanks to the E-Tones, the house band, Helen. 
we thought about a good uh, romantic song to wind things up with. And thanks to the Everly Brothers, we found one. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Supported nonprofit organization with help from all of our fine staff and recorded live at E Town Hall. To make an Achievement Award nomination, comment on the show in general, or get tickets to a live taping, feel free to visit our website, etown.org. I can make you mine, lips that taste like wine, anytime. by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you.
Kyle and Jess, Gavachka, Etones, Helen, engineers and volunteers. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for coming to E-Town. This is a production of E-Town. There you have it. Devochka, Kyle Emerson. Thanks to Sister Edna Lonergan. I'm Nick Forrester. Thank you for listening.